than what they do in the professional sports leagues and sign a 10-year contract for $500,000, right? I wish we could do better than that. But we know the Lord uh, works, uh, and we know the Lord provides, and uh, we're thankful for David and Aline Barrett and uh, how God has led in their lives. They'll tell a lot more here in just a few moments, I'm sure, but uh, God has redirected uh, David from teaching English uh, as a ministry there in Brazil now to church planting. Uh, Aline uh, is from Brazil, grew up there, and uh, we are thankful to have them here tonight, and may the Lord use them tonight to once again burden us uh, for the loss both here and around the world. So David, why don't you come present your ministry this evening. Thank you so much, Pastor Floyd and Berean Baptist Church. It's so good to be here with you this evening. And um, we're missionaries to the country of Brazil. My name is David Barrett, as, as Pastor said. Uh, this is my wife, Aline. Or in, in Brazil, they pronounce it Alini. And sometimes people cannot remember how to pronounce her name. I said, just think of Tortellini and get rid of the first part. And then you can remember <laughs> the name Alini. And we are second-generation missionaries to the country of Brazil. Uh, Brazil is a very large country. Uh, I had the opportunity to grow up in Brazil, to grow up as an MK in Brazil, and I was serving the Lord actively in Brazil. My parents went to Brazil in, in 1976, the first time that they arrived in Brazil. I was actually born there, and I met my wife there, and I'm going to share a little bit of how, how we met and how the Lord directed our lives together. Um, I got saved at a young age when I was about seven years old, um, six to seven. But when I, when I fully came to understand was during a time of family devotions when I was seven years old and I accepted Christ as my Savior. And very soon after that, the Lord already started burdening on my heart uh, to, to commit my life to full-time Christian service. I didn't know if he, God wanted me to be a, a missionary or to be a pastor. And I prayed about that for, for several years. Uh, and when I was in my early teens, uh, the Lord spoke to me during a time of, of, of camp, uh, a youth camp, and I surrendered my, my life for the Lord. And I didn't know if God wanted me to stay in Brazil or if he wanted me to be a missionary in another country. And I uh, felt that the Lord God it was directing through his word and through other situations that he wanted me to continue as a missionary in Brazil. But I did it differently. I didn't come back stateside and, and go to college here. I graduated from the Bible Institute that my father started in Brazil, a three-year Bible Institute. And then I went on to study languages and linguistics in a Brazilian university. Uh, and I studied that so I could use it for ministry, so uh, I could do translation work for um, good, translating good Christian material to the Portuguese language. Uh, but I also taught English for many years. So I taught English as a second language. If you meet a Brazilian, he either wants to learn English or, or, or started learning English and stopped, but then wants to start again, or is learning, or is currently learning, and he'll love to practice English with you. If he hears you're an American, it's like, oh, I can practice my English. So Americans really like to, to learn English and study English, English and speak English. Um, so I had an opportunity to work uh, as, an, as an English teacher, and I was also a middle school and high school teacher for many years. Uh, a few years ago, the Lord started working on our hearts, uh, and specifically in my heart, that I would quit teaching English and go full-time into the ministry uh, in missions with undivided attention, specifically church planting. I had been praying about that. Um, I talked to my dad about it, um, and he said, well, let's pray about it and see how the Lord will direct. And I was very involved in ministry. I was serving the Lord already in Brazil. I was working as an assistant pastor, and, uh, and I was helping in different capacities in the church there, in the main ministry there. And my wife and I had an opportunity to go for a couple years with a Brazilian pastor that graduated from the Bible Institute to start another work on the other side of the city. And that was such a wonderful time. The Lord used that time in our lives for us to grow uh, and also to get experience with church planting. But back in 2020, you know what happened in that year? That year became infamous uh, and COVID came. And during that time, uh, the school changed their whole system that we had to teach online. And so they were, they were asking for all hands on deck. We need all the help we can get. And, and all the teachers were having to adapt. And a lot of the older teachers had to retire. And they asked if, if I would help with this transition. And during that time, I was praying just to see how the Lord would direct about my teach, quitting teaching English and going full time in, in church planting. 
Well, that year, in the end of that year, uh, my dad got very sick. We all got COVID, but most of us got it pretty mildly, but my dad ended up getting a very serious case of it. Uh, and he was actually getting, getting better from it. Um, he was, they were weaning him off the ventilator. He needed to be put on a ventilator. And then he ended up getting bacterial pneumonia and he got sepsis and he was put on a ventilator for about two months. And during this time, the Lord started working on my heart and, and at the same time, something very strange happened. The job that I was working in, which was a very good school in Brazil, in, in our city, um, a middle school and high school, they called me and they said, listen, we want to promote you. And you're going to get a whole other part of high school and, and you'll, you'll receive basically double your salary. And, you know, they, we chose you because this other teacher retired. And so everybody was congratulating me. And so I prayed about it. But I'll be honest with you, I didn't, I didn't seek the Lord's direction like I should have. I just figured, you know, my dad's sick and, you know, maybe God's opening this door. And, and I ended up taking the job. But actually, the Lord was showing me he wanted me to quit teaching English. I, I developed a nodule in my vocal cords. I couldn't sing. Uh, I had a hard time teaching. I needed to use a special microphone. I, I had a hard time preaching. And it was just the Lord telling me, Jonah, get off that boat. and get." At least I wasn't swallowed by a fish. But <laughs> the Lord was telling me, you know, you, you, you're, you're going in a direction that I don't want you to go. And, and then I told my, my, my boss at the time, and I said, you know, I'm not going to continue until the end of this year, which was the school year. And, they, and in Brazil, they keep a certain amount of your severance pay uh, or, or a certain amount of your salary, actually, in a fund. If you are fired, you get all that fund that's in that, that, that they set back in that fund and another 40% on top of that. But if you quit, you don't get that money for three years and only a portion of that after three, year, three years. So they really make it you know, harder for companies to supposedly fire, fire people. But if you quit, then you end up losing that benefit. And I was praying that maybe the Lord would use that for our deputation ministry. I said, well, that, that would be perfect. You know, we would have that. We would start out. We would have, pay all our bills. We didn't have a lot of bills, but it would pay off all our bills. And then we could be able to start our, our deputation ministry. Um, well, um, they said, we're not going to fire you. We, we just promoted you. We don't want you to leave. You know, people fire when they don't when want somebody to go away. We don't want you to leave. So they said, I'll tell you what you can do. Go do your missions work. And when you come back, you can, you can come back in a couple years, whenever you want. You can have one class, five class, or all your classes. Just don't quit, but you have your job. And I just felt like, you know, the Lord was testing us. Are you willing to step out by faith? And we, we prayed about it and said, no, this is what we feel like the Lord wants us to do. And I quit my job. And the Lord took care of us in such amazing ways. And he, he encouraged our hearts. He, he showed us that I don't need a severance pay or, or, or a, a special fund to, to, for him to take care of us. He's going to take care of us. If, if, if God fits God's will for our lives, he will take care of us. And we saw that him doing it in such an, an amazing way. Actually, an anonymous donor gave us some money for us to buy the tickets. And then we had some money to live here. And the Lord just took care of us in wonderful ways. So we came back stateside. We joined uh, Baptist International Missions. And we're going to go back now to work full-time with church planting in Brazil. Uh, we're super excited. We've been about a year and a half on deputation ministry. And it's been such a wonderful time. We've, we've considered it su such a privilege specifically to meet people like you, to just connect with Christians like you and, and spend some time of fellowship. Sometimes it will only be this time of fellowship that we will get to spend together on this earth and then one day in heaven. But it's been so special to spend time with brothers and sisters in Christ like you. And I so greatly appreciate this opportunity to be with you tonight. But our hearts are aching to get back to Brazil. We can hardly wait for this new phase of ministry that God has for us and, and for our lives. And we're excited to see what God is going to do in Brazil. Um, Brazil is a very large country. Um, just for you to have an idea of the vastness of Brazil, if you get the population of France, Germany, and the UK, those would be the three most populated countries in Western Europe. If you combine all three of these, that is the population of Brazil, 215 million people. When my parents arrived in Brazil in 1976, there was about a population of 108 million people. So it about doubled in population since that time. And unfortunately, we don't have double the missionaries. We have missionaries in Brazil, but we need more missionaries. The Bible says the harvest, Jesus said, 
to his disciples, the harvest truly is plenteous, but the labors are few. Pray ye therefore the Lord of the harvest that he will send forth labors into his harvest. Um, in the back of our, in the, there in the foyer, uh, we are actually in the back here of the church, we have uh, our display table set up, and we have some prayer cards set up in the back there uh, for you to get. And we would so greatly appreciate that you, you would get these prayer cards and pray for us, pray for the Barretts in Brazil. And one of the things that I will ask you to pray for us is please pray for more labors for Brazil. Uh, we need more labors. We don't, have, we don't have enough independent Baptist churches to even support our own missionaries. And it, many times a, a missionary will take even, I, I know of a missionary, he's been about seven or eight years trying to raise support. He doesn't even have enough support to be able to go to another, another country. And, and it's been very hard for Brazilians that surrender to ministry or, or to missions because we don't have enough um, good churches in Brazil, Bible-believing churches, Baptist churches. So please pray for us as we go back to Brazil. We're in the southeastern part. So Brazil is a large country, like I said, and there are 26 states. We are in the state of Sao Paulo, which is the most populated state of Brazil, and it's in the southeastern part of Brazil. So if you would ever come and visit us and you'd fly into Sao Paulo, Sao Paulo looks very much like, like New York or, or Indianapolis. It's a very populated city, uh, and there's a population of 14 million people. We're only about an hour from this city in a city of 500,000 people, and we're 25 minutes from another city of 1.3 million. And around our city, we have smaller cities of 70,000, 50,000, 35,000. Most of these cities do not have a single church that would even give a, a, a clear presentation of the gospel, much less, you know, an independent Baptist church. So our prayer is that we can start churches um, in these different cities. We have a Bible Institute. It, it's still about, about a, I was going to say a month ago, but now a little bit more now. About three months ago, we had a group graduating in the end of last year, uh, about 23 people. And out of these 23, there are a couple families that have felt called for full-time Christian service. So Lord willing, we'll be going with one of these families to a city about an hour away to start another church. And our idea is then to transition this, this ministry to that pastor that will be working with us. Uh, so please pray for us as we go back to Brazil. Um, pray that the Lord will direct us to where he would want us to start the next work. And like I said, Brazil is, is a very needy country and it needs a lot of prayer. We've had, and I won't mention so much because even the live streaming, but we've had some, a lot of change in the, in the political realm of Brazil. Uh, we're actually going through a very difficult time, even in, the, in a part of education. Um, basically, they're trying to make homeschooling illegal. Uh, the motto of the current president is your, your kids are our responsibility. So basically they want to take away all of the rights of the parents in, to make a decision about the education of their kids and the government will make the education, the, control the education. And even the Christian schools will have to fit into the, to the curriculum that the government sends them. So it's getting very complicated. So please pray for, for that and also that it wouldn't, wouldn't hinder the furtherance of the gospel in Brazil. At the moment, Brazil is, a, is a, a free country. You can start churches. You can give out tracts on the streets. You can, we don't knock on doors. We clap at gates because you can't go up in, into someone's door in Brazil. You have to go up to their gate and clap for them to come out. So we go, up, we go out gate clapping, and you can do that in Brazil, and, and we have the freedom to do that. So please pray that we would continue having this kind of freedom in Brazil. I'll, I'll come back here soon. I'll open it for questions if anybody would have any, any questions about our ministry and our plans going back to Brazil. But we're going to watch a, a five-minute video that talks about our ministry. Thank you. Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father which is in heaven. Matthew 5, 16. My name is David Barrett. I am the youngest son of Larry and Lidabel Barrett, missionaries to Brazil with BIMI since 1974. I was born in Brazil and came to know the Lord as my Savior at a young age when I was seven years old. I had the privilege of being part of a missionary family and growing up in the beautiful country of Brazil.
Brazil is the largest country in South America, the fifth largest country in the world by land area, and the sixth largest by population, with more than 215 million people. That is almost as much as all the rest of South America combined. Brazil is a gorgeous country and is geographically and culturally diverse and has so many natural beauties. However, it is still very dark spiritually and is home to many false religions, cults, and superstitions. My parents have served faithfully in Brazil for more than 46 years and have always involved us kids in the mission work. I have spent most of my life serving the Lord in Brazil. Ever since I was a child, I have felt God's calling in my life for full-time Christian service, and I was called to missions as an early teen at a youth camp. It has been an enormous blessing to have grown up as a missionary kid in Brazil. My name is Aline Luzia Aparecida Massari Barrett. Yes, that's really my name. When I was born, my parents were devout Catholics. That is why I have this name. I was named after the patron saint of Brazil, Aparecida. Brazil is a very Catholic country. The majority of the country claim to be Catholic, and the Catholic Church is deeply ingrained in Brazil's culture, beliefs, and institutions. Unfortunately, so many people are lost in this false religion. However, because my husband's family followed God's calling to the mission field, the Lord used them, Larry and Lightabel Barrett, to lead my parents to the Lord. And because of that, all my family is saved today. I trusted in Christ as my Savior when I was six years old. Since I was a child, I have always felt a burden and desire to help in all church activities and felt that God had some special work for me to do for Him in full-time Christian service. Alini's family had to move away to another city, but years later, through a series of circumstances directed by God, Alini returned to Jundiaí and came back to the church I was serving in. We met again after more than 18 years, and it was almost love at first sight. The Lord finally brought our lives together in marriage so we could shine as one for Him. God has blessed our home with two wonderful boys, Benjamin and Gabriel. We served the Lord for several years under my parents' ministry and even helped start another independent Baptist church on the other side of the city. But in 2021, due to COVID-19, the Lord took my dad, Larry Barrett, home to be with the Lord. After my dad's passing, the Lord spoke to our hearts to commit ourselves full-time to missions with undivided attention. Since my wife is Brazilian and I spent most of my life in Brazil, we know the Brazilian culture and language well and have a great love for Brazil and its people. We have joined BIMI and will be working with a church planning team to start churches in different cities in the interior of Sao Paulo and around Brazil. Just in the area where I grew up, there are still many cities that do not have a single independent Baptist church and no clear presentation of the gospel. The need is so great. We also plan to help produce godly Christian music and translate good Christian literature to the Portuguese language. We are the Barrett family, second generation missionaries to Brazil. We can hardly wait to get back to Brazil and continue serving the Lord there and being a light in that dark country, planting churches and winning souls for Christ. Would you please help us go? Would you please pray for the Barrett ministry in Brazil? And would you maybe consider going to the beautiful but very needy country of Brazil? When my parents arrived in Brazil many years ago, they 
went to a city, first they went to Sao Paulo to learn the language. So they stayed there for about a year learning the language in Sao Paulo. And then the Lord directed them to a city called Jungjae. And in the first year, I believe, first or second year that they were there, um, my dad went out one day to, to go soul winning, witnessing in the street. And there was this man who was going through a very difficult time in his life. He was going through depression. He had lost a portion of his hand in a machine. Uh, and because of that, he lost his job. And um, he, he was going through a very difficult, even financial time in his life. They had to sell all their wedding presents to pay for the, their bills. And one day, he was going through a very, very difficult, um, hard moment um, in his life and he told his wife he said I'm going to go out today and I'm going to see if I could find something that will bring me hope and he was thinking about a job or you know something that he could find that could bring hope for their family and on that day my dad went out and it went soul winning and he met this man on the street and they started talking and my dad invited him to church and and and, and gave him a track and started talking to him and witnessing to him. And he asked my dad, he said, can I ask you something? Why are you here? Why did you leave America? Why would you come to this poor country? And why would you leave the United States to come here? I, I don't understand that. And then my dad said to him, I came here to tell you about Jesus. And I came here to preach the gospel. And he invited this man to church that Sunday. And that man went home and he told his wife, he said, I met this American missionary and he showed me so much interest. He showed me so much love. Um, I want to go to visit his church. And his wife got very angry because his wife uh, was, his, her family, they were very Catholic and uh, Sunday school teacher level Catholic. And the Catholic priest would eat at their house and everything. So she was very angry. Why would you go, you know, go to this church and don't do it? Well, he ended up going that Sunday. And on that Sunday, my dad led this man to the Lord. And he went home, and he told his wife what he had done. What first she got very angry, but she started seeing a change in his life, that she had a, a different husband than she had before. And he started praying to her, and he, uh, praying to her, no, praying for her, and, and he started um, showing her what he learned from the Bible. He would go to, go to church, and then he would show her what he, she said, it's completely different from what we had been learning or what we didn't even know in the Catholic Church, and I'm learning so much. Look what the Bible says. And he would show her. And uh, my mom and dad had an opportunity to go and to talk to her. And she was very kind. Uh, if you'd ever meet Brazilians, go to Brazil, they like to, you know, um, welcome you into their home. They're very kind people. But she was very afraid of what her family would think if she would make a decision. But one day, they, after praying for her for about two years, um, she told her husband one night, one Sunday night, she said, I'm going to go with you to church tonight. And on that night, my mom led this, this woman to the Lord. Uh, and this story that I am telling you are my, my wife's parents. And then many years later, the Lord brought our lives together. And who would have ever imagined that, you know, now we will be going back as second generation missionaries. And at that time, they had won my in-laws to the Lord. So you never know who you're winning to the Lord. You might be winning, you know, your, your kids' in-laws or... So it's, it's so wonderful to be faithful, faithful to the Lord. And I want to be, we want to be faithful to the Lord until, until Christ's return. And I believe that we just have, we have a short time. We are, our time is running out. We're getting closer than ever to heaven. And we need to take advantage of the opportunity that God has given us to serve him. Um, is there any question that you would have about Brazil or about our ministry or plans that we have going back? Anything that you would like to, to ask? Yes, sir. Are your Good question. They were born in Brazil. So both my boys have dual citizenship. They are American and, and Brazilian. So it's a blessing because we don't, we don't need visas. We just need to renew our passports. And we have two different passports. When we leave the States, we show, when we go to Brazil, we show our Brazilian passport. When we come back to the States, we show our American passport and come back as American citizens. So, so that's a blessing. Please pray specifically for Alini's documentation. Uh, I wanted to share this with you as a prayer request. Um, we, are, we are basically done with our deputation ministry. Uh, we started full-time in, in July of 2022. And at first, we were thinking the date that we had set was August of 2024. That would be about two years that we would be on, on deputation. But the Lord has opened up doors and been so, so gracious to us. So we are actually ready. In, in the next month, we would be ready to go to Brazil. Um, but when we started uh, the, the 
deputation process. I needed to apply for a green card for my wife because you can't stay longer than six months on a tourist visa. However, I found out several things. One of the things that I was supposed to be filing my income taxes in the States. So I was paying income tax, which is about half your salary in Brazil. I was paying it there, but I did not know that as an American citizen, I'm required to, to pay income tax and file income tax in the States as well. So I had to go back four years and do that. And it was a lot of, a lot of work, a lot of uh, very complicated process to do that. Um, but thank the Lord we got that all worked out. Uh, and we sent all her paperwork in, and, and they requested a few more things, some uh, medical exams and everything. We sent all of that back, and now it says they are actively reviewing her case, whatever that means, but they are reviewing her case. So our prayer is that we could have this by the end of this month or the beginning of next month, and we would greatly appreciate your prayers uh, on that matter as well. Um, like I said, we've, we've, we've had a wonderful time during this deputation ministry, but we really are looking forward to, to getting back to Brazil and for this new phase of ministry that God has for our lives. So please pray that that can, can get worked out as, as soon as possible. But that was a little longer answer for your question, but any other questions? Yes, ma'am? That's a good question. Brazil has a relatively large, but in comparison to the population of Brazil, it's still pretty small. So in our area, like in our city, we have a pretty big mosque. Uh, in Sao Paulo, there, there are a couple of really big ones. So there is a, a very large Muslim community. Because we're so close to Sao Paulo, I always tell people when I meet other missionaries, I said, if you want to do missions work, you can find any, any people, <laughs> any of the peoples of the world there, or any religion because we're so close to Sao Paulo. So I know about an hour from where we are, there's a large Muslim community. Now, as far as the country as a whole, you don't see it growing so much as you see in Europe. Actually, unfortunately, the fastest growing religion in Brazil right now is humanism, atheism. So the, the grandparents, they were Catholic. The parents, you know, Catholic and name only, basically. But the younger generation are turning their backs to all of that. And again, it wasn't, it wasn't something real anyway, but they're just bitter with everything, and they're just turning their backs to God. And most of them say that they, they don't believe in God. We had an opportunity right before we came back stateside to go out to, a, to another neighborhood that we hadn't really, we had already given out tracts in that area, but really go and pass in each house. And talked about 300 people in that, on that weekend, and most of them, probably 99% of them, you would tell them about Jesus. He said, and you'd ask, do you know what Jesus did for you? And they would be clueless. We talked to a, a man, a young fella, probably in his 20s, and, and, and we asked him, he said, do you know what Jesus did for you? He said, I have no idea. He, I mean, some people you know, would answer, I, Jesus died on the cross for me. He didn't even know that. He, he was clueless of what Jesus had done. He said, I don't know what Jesus did. Tell me. And you see that more and more, this next generation, they, they don't even know who God is. And you're seeing the same things that you see in the schools here. And, 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 and again, I won't, because of the live streaming, I won't be so specific. But certain agendas that they're pushing, they're doing the same thing in Brazil. Uh, and we've, we've, we've seen a lot of even, even pushback against churches uh, more than we have ever seen before. Uh, so that is, unfortunately, is one of the fastest growing religions. Now, Brazil is still predominantly Catholic. About 60 to 65% of the country is, is Catholic. Um, so that does influence a lot of the culture, a lot of, the, and a lot of them are Catholic in name only. Now, the good thing is that Catholics will, will at least say they believe the Bible is the word of God. And most of them are clueless of the Bible. So when you start showing them from the Bible, they're like, I know that. I didn't know that was in there. Oh, and you say, you, you mean the, your, the, the priest never showed you this? This is in the Bible. And then the word of God starts working in, in their lives, and the Holy Spirit does the work. So, it, so it's, I mean, it's not easy. Nothing's easy. We need the power of the Holy Spirit to do it. But that is a, a way that at least you can, you can connect with them. Now, this new generation, you have to start in Genesis. Who created the world? You know, because that's, that's what they're constantly bombarding them, that, you know, the world... It was not created by God, so you have to start from, from the beginning completely with them. So, 
Any other questions? Pastor? Yes, sir. Um, our church planting team is consisted of our, our home church pastor there in Brazil, which is my brother-in-law. He's a Brazilian pastor, uh, and he's the pastor of the main church there that has a Bible institute. And my brother is also a missionary, but he's, he's the head of our church planting team. Uh, and we have a Bible institute where we are training people uh, for ministry. So our idea is to, to train, you know, win people to the Lord, disciple them, and, and train them in this training center so these people can, can take over the churches that, that we will be starting. What we have done, what we have actually used as a tool for outreach to different cities, uh, we have a live streaming, and we go to these cities, and we blanket areas with tracks and, 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 and invitations, and we go soul winning there, connect with the people there in those cities, and we've had a lot of people in these cities watching our live streaming. And I know it's not a substitute for the local church, but at least it's something that they can watch while, while we don't have anything in that city yet. And God has used that to even show where, where you, you start having a nucleus of believers. And we've had people watch the live stream and say, would you start a church in, in our city? Uh, we would like a church like your church. And we've, we've grown and, or we've gotten saved through, through your ministry. Uh, and that is one of the places that we are praying about. About an hour away, there's a family uh, that has been watching the live streaming, and they said that they're praying for a church in their city. And we feel like God is using that for us to start the next work in that city. The idea would be for us to go with this Brazilian family that ha said that they felt called uh, for, for the ministry. We'll go there. We'll, we'll, we'll connect with the people in that area. Connect with the, they have, in Brazil, they have a lot of marketplaces in every neighborhood. And that is a fantastic way for you to connect with people, for you to go to the marketplace, just meet people, and, and you get to know a lot of people in the city that way. Uh, so we would go and connect with that neighborhood and then start that work there. And the idea is to then transition that Brazilian pastor to be the pastor of that ministry. And, and I'll be teaching in the Bible Institute. And we're willing to go wherever God would have us to go. The reason why we are, we'll be working near the Bible Institute is that we can have some synergy with our church planting team so we can have camps together and we can have the translating ministry and a, a, a recording ministry. So, for example, we don't have a lot of good music in the Portuguese language um, or, you know, like you, like you do here. We're going to do a VBS, for example. You can't just go online and buy the, the newest VBS that was released. You have to make, you have to translate, uh, translate everything. So every year we'll translate a Christmas cantata, we'll translate VBSs. So we sort of have to reinvent the wheel. So as a team, we can do those things better. Uh, in that area, it just has so many cities that, that need good churches. We don't have enough churches in that area. It's a very, very populated area. So the need is very great. But we've already talked about if the Lord would direct us 10 hours away or to the north of Brazil, to the south of Brazil, we're willing to go wherever the Lord would have us go. So. Yes, sir? There is a lot of divorce. Uh, Brazil, they, they have a very close family structure. So the family is, is more important than, than anything. Um, and, of course, you have that situation with churches. You offend one family member. Or, you, know, you, you have about ten people that want to leave the church because you offended one family member. So that can be a, can be a challenge sometimes. I, I heard a, somebody compare this, and I, I thought it was interesting. I said, yeah, that's how it is. Americans, they're very... Um, community-oriented. So, you know, they, they love their family. I'm not saying they don't love their family, but, you know, either their church or their community, and they have a sense of justice. Um, but they're more independent individually. So a lot of times when you turn 18, you know, usually you expect your, your son or your daughter, you know, to go, go find your life. You know, don't, don't stay around. Now, Brazilians, they will live with their parents until they get married. So you have a lot of, you know, the younger generation living in their homes, and that is very common in Brazil. And many times they'll build, they'll build on to where their parents live, and you have a lot of, like, nucleus of families living together. And a lot of it is because of poverty, too. So you'll have sometimes, like, a, a building where you have three families living in the same, same building, and uh, so that, that is very common. But unfortunately, as with, you know, the trend of the world, we've seen more and more divorce rates growing in Brazil, um, 
up until five years ago, you could never, a law could never pass where it would allow um, abortions in Brazil, for example. But now it's, they're just about tipping the, tipping the boat where they will be able to pass, uh, they're gonna try to do it again here in a couple years and they're gonna try to pass a law to allow uh, abortion nationwide in Brazil. And again, the Catholics, the, the, the Catholic background held it back some, but we see it again, a change in, in that trend. So uh, more and more you're seeing broken families and, and a lot of people fall into addictions. So there are a lot of addictions, obviously like you have in America, but you have a lot of drug related addictions, alcohol, and you have a lot of broken families because of that. So, yes, ma'am. Out of my ignorance, I'm going to ask a question, and I may need oh, no. terminology. That's fine. But the statue of Jesus mm -hmm. is on the mountainside. Yes, ma'am. What does that mean to the people? When and how did it get put there? And what instituted all that? Okay. Um, obviously. As a Catholic country, you know, it's a, it's a symbol for the country. And I always say it's, it's sort of ironic because a country that has as its symbol Christ, they call it Christ the Redeemer, is a country that's so dark, that needs Christ, that needs to know about the true Christ. So they know of a Christ, and they, it was given to them, if I'm not mistaken, it was given to them, um, I, was gonna, I don't think it's France, but it was from some other country. France was <laughs> giving statues to everybody. <laughs> I don't think it was France, but it was given from another country as a, and they really took that with, with pride, and they put it in a very um, beautiful place in Brazil. It's about five hours, six hours from where we are. Uh, it's, it's gorgeous. If you go up to the top of that mountain and you look in every direction, it's one of the most beautiful sites that you can, you can see. It's really, really beautiful. But it's so sad because... A lot of people, they, they are religious in Brazil, but they don't know about the true Christ. And they think that to get to him, you need to go through Mary. So there's a phrase that's very common in Brazil. They say, tudo por Jesus, nada sem Maria. Everything for Jesus, nothing without Mary. So they think that you have to go to Mary to be able to get to Jesus. But a lot of the, like I said, the older generation, they'll... You'll talk to them, and, and, it, and it's even frustrating because you'll talk to them, and they'll, oh, I believe in God. Oh, I believe Jesus is the Son of God, and, and I believe he died on the cross for our sins. But then when you get to the specific, but is it only through Christ? Are you only trusting in him as your personal Savior? Are you trusting, oh, well, I'm trying to get there. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm good. And you realize it's a work-based work salvation. So you have to dig in a little bit deeper. But like I said, the newer generation now, it's scary to think that even though they had all this Catholic heritage, now they're just, they don't even know. Just because of the schools are indoctrinating, just like it's happening in America, the schools are indoctrinating the young people in Brazil. So the new generation, they're just more and more just getting away from anything religious. And then it just becomes a religious symbol, you know. They know, oh, Jesus is a religious symbol, but it means nothing to them, unfortunately. But if you ever come down to Brazil, we'll take you there and take you to see. <laughs> Any other questions? Yes, sir. Yes, sir, they are. So Ben and Gabe. Ben, can you get up and say something in Portuguese to them, please? <laughs> okay, okay, tell them what you said now. Okay, so, so both my boys are bilingual. And Gabe, when we started our, our deputation ministry, so Portuguese is a first language to me, for me as well. Um, I grew up speaking Portuguese. My dad and mom, uh, and at home, we would speak English. Um, and I was homeschooled, so you know our, our internal language of our family was English. But I grew up speaking Portuguese everywhere else. Uh, and my parents really made Brazil our home. That was one thing that I, I really appreciated on my parents. They really... They really assimilated us into the culture of Brazil. So they didn't put us in a bubble. We felt like, you know, we're missionaries with them. We weren't, we weren't apart from them. We were part of the ministry there with them too. And that was something that really, that really uh, instilled a love for us, for missions, for, for the Brazilian people. And God used that in our lives. Um, but all of us, we grew up speaking both languages. Well, when we came stateside to start our deputation ministry, Gabe understood. He was just two. He had just turned two. 
he understood um, English, but he mostly spoke Portuguese because I would use Portuguese a lot with him. And we missionary kids, we mix sometimes language. So we'll th say things like, Mom, she's atrapalhando em me. So we'll put Portuguese in English. Or we'll invent words like, does anybody know what a liquidifier is? A liquidifier is a blender. Because in Portuguese, liquidificador is a blender. So we say liquidifier. It makes sense, right? So we'll invent words and things like that. But anyway, I would mostly speak Portuguese because of my wife. So Gabe hardly spoke any English. He spoke very little English when we started deputation. Well he started getting separation anxiety because he would stay in nurseries and he would try to say something in Portuguese they wouldn't understand. So he would cry and they'd have to call Alini. So we really made it a matter of prayer. I said, Lord, please help him to learn English quickly. And, and he just picked it up. And in weeks, he picked it up. And people said, oh, he said this and he said that. And I was like, did he say it in English? He said, oh, yeah, he, he, he was telling me things in English. And so now he's, Gabe is bilingual as well. He speaks Portuguese and English. So if you talk to him, our three-year-old, he'll be glad to talk to you in Portuguese or English. So if you ask him, how do you say this in Portuguese? He'll be glad to, to translate for you. So it's a blessing. Yes, sir. Good question. Good question. So my mom is still on the mission field. So she's a widow missionary. Her, of course, her, her ministry transition adapted some after my father passed away. But she's serving in the main church there. When I say the main church is the one, the bigger church that has the Bible Institute. Uh, and she's very active in ministry. My mom is a, is a huge blessing. Uh, my dad was buried in Brazil. That's where his heart was. And it's very interesting because he's the only, uh, so it's out, where he was buried was actually a relatively new cemetery in the city. And a lot of the cemeteries in Brazil, they're like mausoleums. Well, this cemetery, one thing that we liked about it was it's buried under the ground. And, you know, we, we, we preferred that for my dad. So we uh, got a lot there for him. And he's the only American buried in that cemetery. And it's a relatively new cemetery. So on the tombstones, so we put an American flag and a Brazilian flag. And on the tombstones, they have QR codes where you can read about the person's, you know, profile of their life and, and you know, who they were. Maybe put pictures if the family wants to. So we put pictures of our, my dad, his story, but then we have the gospel. So we said that my dad's preaching the gospel even though he's, he's not here anymore. So when somebody sees his tombstone, they see that American flag, they go read about his profile and, and re can read, about, read the gospel. So. Yes, yes, sir. I'll be honest with you, I do. <laughs> Well, like, like any of us, sometimes it's, it's not easy to, to witness, isn't it? We need the power of the Holy Spirit. You know, sometimes I'll, I'll go up to a gate or even in the States. One thing that I thought was very hard here in the States is going up to people's doors. Because in Brazil, we clap and a person comes out. They're relatively far from you and you talk to them and try to convince them to come out a little bit more. Well, here in the States, you knock and they're right at your face, you know. <laughs> it's like, and I even tell my wife, let's step back a little bit because... It's a little bit intimidating, but we, we need the power of the Holy Spirit to do that. You know, with, without a doubt, just on our human side, we do get scared. We get scared. Nobody wants to be rejected and have somebody, you know, turn you down. One blessing, I guess, about Amer a Brazilian culture, they, they like to humor you. So what do I mean about that? Americans, they're more blunt. So they're like, nah, you know, get off my lawn. And I've been more yelled at in the States than I have ever been in Brazil, to be honest with you. Because the Brazilians, they, they don't want to offend you. So they'll say, oh, okay, oh, where is it? Oh, okay, is it turning here to the left, to the right? And you think, oh, I'm going to get 10 visitors. And then nobody comes, you know. So they, they don't like to be very aggressive. They're more of a, you know, a passive kind of a, a, a culture, personality. So in that sense... You don't feel as, no, people will refuse, or especially if somebody's in some religion or something like that, or even now the atheists, they're more, but, but in general, um, they're not as aggressive many times. But yes, we, we do need the help of the Lord to, to witness and to be a witness, all of us. You know, we all, I always tell people we're all missionaries. We all have, we, the Great Commission wasn't given just to um, missionaries on a foreign field or to pastors. It was given to every single one of us. And we all have a great task. And when we leave here in the States, our lights are going to go off here and they're going to come on in Brazil. But you need to keep your lights shining brightly here. That's one verse that we chose for our, our prayer card. It says, let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father which is in heaven. When we do that, when we shine our lights, 
we are bringing glory to God. God gets happy with us when we, sometimes we don't want to be rejected and we get embarrassed, you know, that somebody might refuse a track or something. But just remember that when you're doing that, you're bringing glory to God. God is rejoicing. God is glad that you are being faithful to him and, and you are being obedient to him. And that's how you show your love to God, by obeying his commandments. And one of his commandments was the great commission for us to go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. And kids have such an important, such an important job because uh, we see with our kids, a lot of times we'll have, let's say Ben, he, he gives tracks, and, and you can tell very, very rarely, I don't think ever I've seen them refuse it from our kids. They'll refuse it from us, but not from a kid. You know, I'm going to refuse a track from a kid. So God, God can use that. Thank you for your question. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. One thing about Brazil, Brazil is a very, uh, is a country of extremes. Um, there are areas of extreme riches right next to slums. That is something you do not see here in the state. I always get a reverse culture shock when I come back to the States because I say that Brazil has pockets of riches, um, America has pockets of poverty, but it's mostly riches. Everywhere you go, just the beautiful homes, the beautiful places. And, and we've had the opportunity, not all churches that we've been to, but we've been to about 30, 31, 32 states since we've been stateside. And America is just a beautiful country. God has blessed this country greatly. Uh, and many times we take it for granted. You know, we assume that every other country is like that. Now, you do have a variety of, of incomes. You have business. So, I, like, for example, I worked as an English teacher a lot with businessmen. So you had like big companies. You had John Deere in Brazil, and you had, um, um, excuse me, we we were about 15 minutes from the largest Coca-Cola plant in Latin America, uh, and right across the highway was the largest Pepsi plant in in Latin America, and and um, you know we have a lot of businesses, a lot of industries because we are so close to the city of São Paulo, so it'd be like comparable to living near Indianapolis, New York. You have big industries. Now you have a lot of people that they live on about. $250 a month. So that would be, I think it's $280 a month is the minimum wage. Now you have like gas in Brazil. It's $5 a gallon roughly. But for a Brazilian, for the salary that they get, it's like they're paying 22 or even more dollars a gallon for their gasoline. So that's why they use a lot of public transportation. Um, they use, a, their cars are usually one liter engines. Now you'll see some bigger ones because you have some people that get a lot more, but I'm saying the average Brazilian, you know, they use a lot of public transportation. So that is even something about like the strategy of starting churches. Here in America, it's not strange, probably several of you came about a half an hour away to come to church tonight. But in Brazil, that's very unusual because in a half an hour, you're passing several major cities and, and you need to get three or four buses to get to a place about a half an hour away. So it's many times you have to start a church plant in that neighborhood. Uh, and, and you have it like in a small geographical area, 40,000 people living together. I tell people it's like, think about trailer homes because uh, Brazilians, they live sort of in long houses. Think of a trailer home, 1,500 trailer homes just set one next to the other, just with one, one wall separating each trailer home. That's how most people live in Brazil and they have spikes on the, on the gates and stuff. So if you're gonna go out soul winning, in a street, we joke, oh, we're going to only go on one street today, but you can spend all afternoon on one street because you're just hopping over to the next house. Um, but I always tell people that, you know, it doesn't matter where you are. If you are doing God's perfect will in your life, he will take care of you. And we've seen time and time again God doing great things to, to Brazilians, even though they, they live in a different, you know, with a different income. It's a different life than Americans. God takes care of them in, in such amazing ways. Food is a little cheaper in Brazil. If you ever come to Brazil and you want to go to Brazilian Steakhouse for about $13, you can go to a Brazilian Steakhouse in Brazil. Now, cell phones will be about double the price. So if a cell phone would cost you $800 here, there would be about $2,000. Cars are much more expensive. Uh, anything electronic. Processed foods are more expensive in Brazil. So going to the marketplace and buying fruits, vegetables, and things like that, that will be cheaper. But America has a lot more choices. So if you want ice cream in Brazil, you have one refrigerator of ice cream, um, which is enough, but <laughs> it's enough to make you gain weight. But it's a one. Re now here you have two aisles of ice cream, you know, that kind of thing. You see a, a big difference. Anyway, I went off a little bit of what you said. But so the average salary would be about that. Now, in our church, I would say the average salary would be about a thousand dollars a month. 
in our area, roughly $800 to $1,000 a month. That would be about the average middle-class salary. So people buy a lot of things in installments. So they're going to buy a cell phone. But the, the, the average resident buys everything in 12 installments. A cell phone, 12 installments. And they'll be paying those installments. When it's done, then they'll buy something else. So you see a lot of people living that way. It's a way that they can buy things. and have. But it's so sad. Sometimes you see people buying something in 12 installments. They, they get robbed the next month, and they're paying for like 11 installments without a cell phone. So that's, that is sad to see sometimes. Any, any, one more question? I think my time's basically up. I just want to thank you so very much once again for, for the opportunity to be here. Um, we, we really appreciate your prayers. Again, uh, Pastor said, and it's so true, we, we could not do it without you. If it, Your prayers are, are vital. It's not something, oh, I believe in the power of prayer. Do you believe in the power of prayer? Do you believe that God can, can change a nation with, through prayer? I believe it with all my heart. So I, we greatly appreciate your prayers for us. We appreciate your prayers, first of all, that we would have um, safety on the road. The Lord has protected. We've driven about 80,000 miles, not count, counting a couple flights that we had, but about 80,000 miles in the last year and a half, uh, maybe more. And the Lord has greatly protected us and, and, and kept us safe. We had a couple situations where we almost had accidents, but we saw God, God delivering us, protecting us in, in amazing ways. And I believe it was because of the prayers of the saints, people praying for our safety. So please pray that the Lord can keep us safe. Um, pray that we can finish up. We're almost finishing our, 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 our deputation. Uh, our, I'm not booking any more meetings after the month of March. So we have a few more meetings that were already booked since last year. But I'm not booking by faith in the Lord. The Lord, um, he, he, he honored that. And, and by faith, we didn't book anything else after, after the month of March. And we have reached uh, basically almost very close to reaching the support level. But please, please pray that Alini's paperwork would come out uh, by the end of this month or beginning of next month. And, and uh, we're, we're so excited now for this new phase of ministry that God has for us in Brazil. And thank you so much for your love and kindness. And we're looking forward to spending some, some more time. Obviously, if you have any more specific questions, we'd be more than happy to answer them. Thank you so much. God bless you. Thank you, Pastor. Thank you, David. I, I believe God has his hand on this couple and that God is going to use them in, in great ways. And uh, we have uh, heard from uh, people who they, they love the people of Brazil and uh, we have opportunity to pray for them and to financially support them and to help them get there, Lord willing, even this summer. And uh, we hope to hear great things of how the Lord has used them in the days to come. Derek's going to come and uh, lead us in our closing song, 366, Heaven Came Down. We'll sing just the first stanza as we close our service. If you don't mind standing, please. 